The Lodgecast Reboots. The Lodgecast Reboots. You're listening to The Launchcast, your favorite podcast on the planet, brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios with me, your host, George Andriopoulos. We're talking leadership, business, life, and growth right now as the countdown starts. It's like food for your ears. Launch sequence. Launch sequence activated. Launch sequence activated. Five, four, three, two, one. Episode 306, put a sock in it. It's the LaunchCast Reboots, coming back for Season 3. Ooh, I'm feeling good today. I got the goosebumps. I got a, a, a long sleeve shirt on because it's cold on. It's November. It's the Launch Dad himself, George Andriopoulos, bringing you your favorite podcast on the planet. Leadership, business, life, growth, right now, as the beat drops. What is happening, everybody? It's the Launch Dad back in the studio here for another episode of the LaunchCast. This week, we're going to cut right to the chase. This week, we are doing another LaunchCast reboot. Haven't done these since season two, and we are bringing back in honor of the recent TEDx event in honor of TEDx Farmingdale, in honor of one of two of our speakers and one of our incredible talks, we are rebooting episode 131, which was put a sock in it with John Lee Cronin and Mark X Cronin of John's Crazy Socks. This was an incredible conversation on not only leadership and, and social enterprise, but fatherhood and family and Man, man, did these guys make me emotional during the episode. I love these two guys. Uh, we have grown close since then. We, we work together on their TEDx talk. We actually have some very cool news coming out in the near future, which we're going to be sharing, working on a project together. So I'm not going to waste any time. Let's get right to it. Put a sock in it with John and Mark Cronin. Right now, right now, let me bring these two beautiful faces up on the screen. There they are. There they are. My guests for today, we have John Cronin and Mark Cronin from left to right. Guys, thank you for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you. We're glad to be here. That's um, awesome. This is awesome for me. I don't know about you. This is like, uh, this is just another afternoon for John. Like another interview, another podcast, no big deal. <laughs> um, we're very fortunate. Lots of people want to hear from us, so... We've done several already this week, one in England, one for a group in Florida, and here we are back on Long Island. Amazing. Amazing. I'm going to do the quick bio, guys, and then we are going to 
jump in. So John Cronin and his dad, Mark X. Cronin, are the co-founders of John's Crazy Socks, a social enterprise with a mission to spread happiness. In the years that they have been in business, they bootstrapped their startup into a multi-million dollar company with sales in over 80 nations. That's 80, eight zero. John may have Down syndrome, but he always says Down syndrome never what, John? Never hurt me back. Never holds him back. More than half of their employees have a differing ability, and every day John and Mark show what their colleagues can do. They are fierce advocates for the rights of the differently abled and have testified twice before the U.S. Congress and spoken at the United Nations. John and Mark are winners of the EY Entrepreneur of the Year and the Monsignor Thomas J. Hartman Humanitarian of the Year Award. They are members excuse me, of the U.S. State Department Speakers Bureau, and they have addressed audiences across the United States, Canada, and Mexico, speaking before social service agencies, fundraisers, universities, and corporations. I have two more pages of bio, but that, that, that covers, that covers uh, uh, more than most people can accomplish in a lifetime. Um, I I want to mention that I was introduced to you guys by our friend Dave Thompson. Uh, it sounds like Autism and Spectrum Foundations. Um, you know, he he saw that uh, uh, our missions aligned a little bit, and we actually talked about working together for the Special Olympics this year, which we'll get into later. Uh, and unfortunately, because of COVID, that was canceled. But onward, right? We'll figure it out. Um, so, guys, thank you again for being here. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I can't even tell you how excited I am. Well, this is very cool. This is a great show you have. Thank it's you. wonderful. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm going to have to have you do some ads for me, John, later, if you're willing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to throw a couple of numbers out. Before we begin, um, now for, for those that are not local here or, or nationally that have heard of John's crazy socks, um, I want to throw out a couple of numbers. We're going to get into more details later, but I want to give you some metrics of this social enterprise. They have created 23 jobs as of the info that I had. I'm sure it's more by now. Uh, 19 held by people with differ, differing abilities. They raised over $350,000 for charity partners. They earned over 27,000 five-star online reviews, 230,000 Facebook followers, videos viewed over 10 million times. Unbelievable. When I saw these numbers, guys, um, you know, uh, uh, what I do for a living besides the launch cast, besides my charitable stuff is I'm a consultant. I own a management consulting firm. And so business is my life. And just seeing these numbers... For a business that's a social enterprise that has the mission that you guys do, it, it blows my mind. It really does. It, it's it's unbelievable. Um, I wanna I wanna start with John, and we're gonna start this interview as we start every single interview. John Cronin, are you a leader? Yes, I am. I am a leader. I I, I am a physical company, and my title is uh, Chief Having Officer. Uh, it, it, um, it's fun. John, tell me, tell me a, a little bit. What do you, what do you think for you? What does it mean to be a leader? I, I, I am a leader because I, I, because I, I follow 
I'm when you show people what's I, possible, right? right? I'm sorry. I I, I show, I'm making uh, people are showing possible, and uh, um, I make I make customers ha very happy. Yeah, you do. And I am so fortunate. Fortunate. Uh, yeah. I'm working with my police and and doing disabilities. And you're a role model. Right? I am a role model because I I am. Reputating for Donald Yes, you are. You yes, do. you are. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, uh, I watched yesterday and briefly, and we're, my kids and I are going to catch up with your happiness show uh, at some point this weekend. But we watched yesterday the live that you guys had yesterday on Facebook. Uh, and you said something really important. You actually uh, shouted out that you were going to do this interview, which my, my kids were, were so excited to hear. Um, you said... That in the spreading uh, in in the spreading happiness show yesterday, you said John is a leader because he stands up, he shows what people can do, he supports people, and he shows a way forward. How important is it to the mission of what John's Crazy Socks does to show a way forward for people with differing abilities? Well, that that's really the essence of what we're doing. Um, it is very important for us to create jobs and hire people with differing abilities, but that's not enough. We want to show the world. And, and that works in a couple of different ways. One is to show other people. Look what folks like John can do. Look what our colleagues on the autism spectrum can accomplish. And that's showing businesses and government leaders. Look what's possible. The other way is to show individuals about possibilities for them. So we have school tours, we host work groups. Right. That's, uh, we do a lot of speaking engagements, but we spend a lot of time meeting with schools and programs so we can talk to people with different abilities to say, yes, you can, that there are things possible. Um, and, and that's essential to us. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Um, John, you have a you have a pretty big family, right? I do. I I I had the, I had the best family. The best family. You have two brothers, Patrick and Jamie, right? Yes. And mom yes, and dad. Jamie. Uh, 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 Jamie, my brother. Jamie is my middle brother. Uh huh. And Patrick and my uh, I'm my oldest brothers. Uh, um. Did you want to say anything else? You want to hit anybody? Uh, yes. Go ahead. And um, um, I want to put uh, to my to my brother, uh, my uh, uh, my brother Patrick, fiance Emily. Right. Uh -huh. So she'll be joining the family. Yeah, it'll be fun. You're excited about that. I'm right? excited, and um, I want one. Importantly, I I I never forget my my mom, uh -huh. my mother, my. My roommate, mom, <laughs> I, I love because I love her because I love I love my dad, I love my my mom. Um, you know, George, I'll share something with you which uh, um, is part of our experience. So we started this back in December of two thousand and sixteen. 
What day did we open, pal? Um, uh, we started this number nine, 2016. And, and we went the lean startup route, right? We, John had the idea. We said, let's go test it. And we bootstrapped it. We put up a website. We got some inventory. Uh, the only marketing we did was to make some Facebook videos. And and who was in those videos? I I am. And we were very fortunate. In that first month, really two weeks, we got 452 orders. So we learned a few things, right? We learned, one, people want to buy socks. Two, I bought socks to me. Right. And they related to me. They related to you. Um, they liked the fact we were going to, that we had pledged 5% of our earnings to the Special Olympics. Uh, they liked the personal touch. But the one thing that surprised us, we just didn't expect, was we heard right away from people who spoke about John being an inspiration, that John really mattered to them. And we're still having trouble sometimes wrapping our mind around it because to me, John's just John. Absolutely. Right? He's, uh, but we need more faces and examples of people with Down syndrome or people with different abilities who are stepping out as entrepreneurs, stepping out as leaders and showing, hey, look what's possible. So that, you know, I'd like to believe every time John is in front of an audience, like you're making possible with your show that it helps change people's minds about what's possible. And that's that's what we're trying to do here, John. So you, so you understand uh, the, the point of this show, right, is we talk about one thing, and that's unconventional journeys to leadership. So that's the journeys that everybody goes through to get to leadership, but that people understand that there's not one path, right? It's not like a formula, like you do A, B, and C, and then you're a leader. Everybody does something different to get to leadership. So when we have different leaders on every week that talk about the struggles, they talk about the bad times and the good times and how they got to where they are today, my hope is that somebody in the audience is listening and hears and goes, oh, you know, I went through that. Maybe I can be a leader. You know, maybe there's somebody in the audience with Down syndrome that right now is thinking, you know, things aren't looking really good right now, but look at John. Look what John's accomplished, and look how he's helping other differently abled people, right? Well, I think that's important. Right. Um, you know, sometimes it's in a comical way, right? I, I, when, uh, I can I say something about that? Sure. I, I, to me, to me, that that I spend a lot of time, I, I follow my dream because mm -hmm. I, I want this uh, every treaty I, 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 I so I can do. <laughs> you do, buddy. Yes. You do. You absolutely do. Absolutely. I'll, I'll share kind of a comical moment on that. Uh, we do a lot of Facebook Live now, and, and we take our processes and turn them into content, turn that into content that we go and share. Uh, one of the first times we did that was at a trade show at the Javits Center, and we were meeting with different suppliers, and every time we did... I wanted to do a little video of John talking to him. And we had all these people there saying, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't think I can do this. And John would come over and say, it's okay. Just follow me. 
and yeah, and I think that's a lot of it. Of uh, you know, John shows what he can do, and, and it empowers people. And and together between the two of us, um, and we have no special training. We have no government support. There are no special programs, and we're able to go and. And hire 19 people with different abilities. We're able to go and create jobs. And part of what we try to show people is, look, we're a couple of knuckleheads from Long Island selling socks. Of course. And if we can do this, <laughs> you can do it too. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. John, I want to talk a little bit about your journey. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. So I did my research on you because you're, you're like famous. You're all over the internet. Right. So I did my research. Um, tell me if all this is right. We're going to start very early. So obviously you were born with Down syndrome, right? And yeah. you had two operations very young. I read that you had an operation when you were two days old that fixed your intestines. And then before you were three months old, you had an operation that fixed your heart, right? Um, yes, that's all right. Okay. Okay. So, those were big deals. Big deals. Big deals. So I have a question for you, John. I know you've heard this story before. Obviously, we can't remember when we're that young, right? I want to ask you, how do you feel now when you hear these stories about when you were a baby and you weren't healthy and, and your parents went through some heavy stuff during that time, but here you stand now, healthy, happy, and successful. How do you feel thinking back to this whole journey? Um. I think to me that uh, I am so lucky because I'm fortunate to have my uh, having my parents with me mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. uh, I, I never was on my dad because I and my mom because they won they won a through a past seven years when I born and I, I'm so happy I really feel I feel a uh, uh, I feel like I appreciate like I have my dad Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, and so, as you grew up, right? You went to uh, I read that you went to preschool at the Association for Children with Down Syndrome, and then you went to Huntington schools after that. So I grew up in Farmingdale, right near you. Um, right. You had so this is something interesting. I, I read you had teachers and aides who you really loved and were very helpful. But you always wanted to show them that you can do things on your own, right? Absolutely, yes. Why was that important to you? Because it put to me that that I, I show, uh, um, I, I show a uh, possibility I can at school, and uh, I, I come up to me that 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 uh, I, 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 I tell me that I have I have to do that I have to do that, mm -hmm. and and. And um, I, um, I, I, I try to stop me something. I, I try to be protective. Mm -hmm. And to me, I, 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 I'm very capable uh, of. You were capable. I, I, I'm capable of. And uh, I show to my age, I, 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 I show I can do because I do things. By myself in 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 independent ways. Well, I can I can give you some anecdotes. Yeah, uh, you know when when he started uh, school, started kindergarten in Huntington School District. Right, right away, 
they said, oh, we're assigning a special bus, a special head bus to pick them up. And John looked and said, why do I need that? Can't I go on the bus with my brother Jamie? And, And we said, sure. Why would you need that if you can go on the regular bus? And then there was an incident later. I guess you were in junior high. And um, he did not have, John had not had a one-to-one aide for years. And all of a sudden, they assigned him an aide and said, oh, you need an aide to get you to go from one class to another. And John was beside himself because I can do that. Why do I need somebody else, right? Right. Um, it, I, I can talk about it from a parent's point of view. Yeah. I think I, I think a main job of us as parents is to promote the independence of our children. Um, and that we have three sons. That's John. It's our two older boys. Um, and some of that means sometimes you've got to let them fail. Sometimes right. they're going to fall down. Uh, but that's that's how you learn, George. That's how we learn. Yep. Um, we did have one incident which was kind of comical. Um, prior to this, um, I had an office, worked in Huntington Village, and John would take the bus there after school, and he worked in the office, and he would do uh, shredding for us, and you handled all the mail, and he'd run errands for us from time to time in town. Um, and I get a call one day from the head of special education in the Huntington School District. Say, Mark, you're not going to believe this, but I just got off the phone with a parent who was very upset because they saw John walking around town by himself. And they called the schools to say someone has to talk to that boy's parents because he he has to be protected. Now, fortunately, we were on the same page. And uh, Linda Roth was that of special ed, told the parent. You've got it wrong. This is exactly what we're trying to do. We want people to go and be independent. We want them to go and find their way. Right, buddy? Absolutely. Because I love it. <laughs> so let me let me ask you, John, because this is something I wanted to get into. I had a note here about you taking the big bus to school like everybody else, and I figured that that was your decision, right, as I, as I did my research on you and I'm getting to know you now. Um, one question I have is, do you feel – like you wanted to lead other kids with different avi- abilities when you were younger? Was um, that important to you? Um, were you a leader in your class? Yes, I was. How were you a leader? I I, I, I lived uh, in class because I saw my, my teachers and, and, my, and my classmates. Um, I, I, I have ha- I, Work, work very hard, mm-hmm. and I, I get this done. We used to like to show people how to do things. Yes. And you and one thing you've always done, you've always helped out other people. I do. I like I like help. Oh, one oh, side I want to share that um, in, in Fun High, mm-hmm. in Fun High, um, I had a friendship club. Right, a friendship club, like a, 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 like we're talking to our friends, mm-hmm. talk to a class, a class, and um, meet up and um, and, and playing games all that. It's 
and be relaxed also. Right. There was also the time in summer school when you decided to organize um, a uh, challenge show, right? Right there. Mm-hmm. You want to share what you did there? Yes. Yeah. Big, yeah. What did you do? I, I, I do uh, um, summer school. Um, I, I work on a talent show. I, I, uh, I, I want to meet the principal. Uh, a principal of a bit as um um and um I, I, I want to run a tele show and uh I, I, I you mean, went to him and you said I have a plan that's what I want to do he had plan. a plan and you're going back and forth and they called me like a week later and you're already gone through several meetings to say hey Mark we think it's great that you put John up to this and I had no idea what they were talking about because John went and did this on his own, right? I did. You went and organized it. The, the, the one comment I'd make, George, is, um, you know, you asked John about leading people with different abilities. Um, I don't think you ever spoke that way. It was just, these were my classmates. Yeah. These are the people I'm dealing with. Um, and it's, it's part of what makes John an entrepreneur is he doesn't always... He doesn't ask permission. He'll figure out and go and do things. And sometimes it's comical. Um, there was a time in high school yes. where you showed up and you went to the principal's office and said, I want to meet with the principal. And the people in the office said, well, yeah, the principal's busy. Uh, can we pass a message? And John said, no, I, I want to <laughs> talk to the principal. And so they made an appointment, which was their first mistake. They should have said, get the heck out of here. But they made an appointment, went up to the classroom, and he told the teachers, I'm meeting with the principal at this time. And they said, what's it about? And he said, it's between me and the principal. (laughs) Um, So then he goes down to the appointment, and what did he want to meet with about? Well, he wanted to be able to use the school auditorium for a birthday party for himself. Uh (laughs) And the principal... Should have kicked him out on his butt, but said, well, you should talk to the student council about that. (laughs) (laughs) But he wasn't going to, it's just, I can do this. Um, And that's part of, like, how we got started with this business is uh, if you have a disability, you can stay in the school system until you turn 21. Right. And that's sometimes known as the 21-year-old cliff. Because when you're in school, you're getting educated, and all the programs are in one place, and everything's right there. And so now you're educated, and you can see the advances in healthcare. You know, you can look at John, the advances in medical treatment. And there you are, you're healthy, educated, ready to go, and there's a big nothing. Um, so John was in his last year of high school. Looking around, what were you lo- trying to figure out? What am I going to do when I'm done with school? What were you looking at? I, I look at I look at job program and school. And he didn't see anything he liked. I don't. I, I don't like those. I don't. I just. I don't like those options. I, I don't like. And and some of that's because of the paucity of options available to people with different abilities. But instead of looking at that as being a problem. John turned it into an opportunity, and he comes to me. What do you say? I said, "I want to go intervene with my dad. I want to go intervene." Right. So, if there's no job out there for me, I'll create one. 
Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's a pretty good spirit to have. Yeah. That's amazing. We're at, we're actually going to get into that story in a few minutes. Uh, I want to wrap up real quick just with, with schooling. So John, I get, I get the feeling that you, you enjoyed school, right? I did. Um, can I share something? Sure. Um, can I talk about Florida Hill? Go ahead. Uh, one thing, uh, something, um, I want to share, I also want to let you know, I had, uh, Pick on uh, one of the kids. Oh, he didn't really pick on you, but you remember it that way, right? I, I remember it that way. And you're going to tell the story about Jamie? Yeah. Go ahead. A, a, a really good story to me. Tell me. Uh, that uh, my brother Jamie, I had a fight during the recess. I had an outside, and uh, the kid uh, uh, pick on me. And uh, uh, it and, and he brought down him. the wrath of Jamie on himself, right? Yeah. Right, because, you know, everybody, John, we've all benefited. We've all become better people being around John. Sure. But, uh, I mean, it's a childhood story, but when he was starting school, I sat down with his older brothers, and I said, listen, we don't really know what's going to happen here, right? We don't know how John's going to be accepted or treated, and, and not everyone's going to understand. And my eldest son... Uh, he looked and he said, well, that's okay, Dad. We'll just talk to him and we'll explain. Yeah. And my middle son looked at that and said, that's right. And when Patrick's done talking, if there's still a problem, I'm going <laughs> to knock him out. <laughs> <laughs> right? So you, you had your protectors, right? <laughs> you know, it's, uh, um, but to, to be fair to Huntington School District, John and his classmates were well accepted. There weren't problems. There wasn't bullying or, or getting picked on. It was pretty, it turned out to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And John, when you were in high school, I read that you also attended Wilson Tech at the same time, right? Yeah, I was. I, I'm in the Tech program. Um, I, 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 how many years uh, I, I'm in Wilson Tech? You were there three years. I, I, I was there three years. Um, I, 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 did, I, a third, I took, I took a retailing class. Um, it, I, I, it's helpful to me. Um, I, I want to learn a rich retailing. I had to finish like I said, uh, when I running uh, the company with my dad. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's helpful to me. Uh, me that I, 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 I'm so here, uh, here, um, so this is, this is to me what I wanted to get into with this, because I'm going to, we're going to take our, I want you to take your celebrity hat off for a minute and put your businessman hat on now. Right. You prepping for your career, your future, whatever it was you were going to do, which wasn't clear at the time. You did this program because you wanted to give yourself the tools to be better, right? To be prepared right. for the future. Can you tell me what is one of the most important things that you learned in school about your business now that you're running? Something that you use now? Uh, I, I use um, I, I use uh, I, I, I'm learning that uh, I I using math. Uh, I, 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 
Uh, I'm not about math. I like, uh, like counting um, money uh-huh. and and money and uh, so many the skills that I can have. I I have I can do uh, when I go to work for us. Um, uh, 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 I, I, like I went to uh, the um, a different a, a different stores like yeah. uh, like I went to I went to Mosos. Bob stores mm-hmm. and and um, uh, 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 we're out there like showing that uh, as I uh, 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 I I got I could take something out and um I, 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 I cleaning stuff on on my skills plus your speech and speech I like that you work on your speech a lot I heard right. Right, you you learn a lot about uh, yeah. you know speaking, and now you do professional speaking right. engagements. Oh, I I can't that uh, when I speak, uh, I, I, I in high school I did um, one of one of my friend Todd Coven, I one of the students um um my school, he I, he came from my birthday party. He asked me and my parents. That uh, that he 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 is valedictorian. He he want me giving speech. Mm-hmm. He want to give it to do so. I I want graduation. I, yeah, I did. I I, I worked with my speech teacher, Miss Clee. Miss Clee made my speech teacher in the high school. She helped me uh, um to speech to uh, uh, uh to my friend uh and introduce. And you worked really hard for about two months. I did. You had to w- learn words like valedictorian. Yeah. And then what happened today, right? We're at the football stadium. Thousands of people are in yeah. the stands. How would you do? It's 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 amazing. I I I went up to I went up to the mic. I just like Shine Cash. Johnny Cash. <laughs> Standing up there, John, like the man in black. Yeah, I got something to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell all those out there that have never spoken on a stage. Th- those that know my show know that I'm a, a keynote speaker and I'm a TEDx speaker and all that stuff. And I know how much preparation for somebody like me that's been doing this for years. I know how much preparation goes into each speech that I give. And this is a tough thing to do for those out there that, that don't understand about public speaking. It is a tough thing to do. And to be able to speak to an audience and move them and engage them, man, that takes talent. That takes we, talent. We have been very fortunate. Uh, we've been doing, until the pandemic, more and more speaking engagements. John works very hard at them. But I'll give him credit. He's got a certain je ne sais quoi in yeah. front of those crowds. And he's never nervous. Um, there was a, a somewhat funny incident. Um, John was invited by the New York Knicks to introduce the Knicks before a game, um, December of 18. Mm-hmm. And um, so December 19. But this is all great. We show up. We're on the court before the game. Um, I was excited. I got to meet one of my childhood heroes, Walt Frazier. <laughs> the different announcers are talking to John, and, and Al Trotwig pulls John aside to try to give him some advice on how not to get nervous and how not to get stressed out. 
And I didn't have the heart to tell him. Like, <laughs> John never gets nervous. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, there he is and standing at center court I did, I, with 22,000 people. Right, I, I really was there, and, and I, I'm <laughs> incredible. I, 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 I'm my favorite part of that. What, what was the line? Yeah. New York Knicks! <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wish I could have seen that. Is that on video somewhere? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I have it in my phone. We, okay. I think, it's, I think we shared it on our YouTube. All right. And, I'll check uh, it out. But, uh, but there have been other ones. Like We've been very fortunate with multiple TV appearances. And uh, one of the first ones we had was on Fox and Friends. And they had called up, and we didn't even find out till Saturday afternoon we're going to be on. We had been traveling for three days. And they said, show up at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. So we do. And John, and while we're waiting to go on, John's a little sleepy-headed. So he's kind of, he, he's, he's half asleep in a chair. Yeah. And the various hosts are coming by and a producer or two. I'll, and I'll I can see... They're now looking and they're getting a little nervous. <laughs> Did we make a mistake, you know, booking this kid? And, and I look at him and say, don't worry. <clears throat> and now it's time to go on. And John lights up like a beacon. <laughs> <laughs> and they liked him so much, he's been back on six other times. Oh, yeah, man. I did. That's awesome. That's awesome. We went to a, a Nick game, by the way. I took my son, my, my son and I are big time Bulls fans, but... My dad was always a Knicks fan, so I, I, I always liked the Knicks as well. Um, and uh, and my, my dad saw them win the championship in '69, the Walt, the uh, Willis Reed limping out, the whole deal, right? And we went to go see the Bulls. We had pretty good tickets, and we went really early to see the game. And as soon as they let us in, we get off of the escalator and walk in. And who's standing right there? Walt Frazier. There you go. And I was like, oh, my God, can I get a picture with my son? And my son had no clue who he was, <laughs> you know. But I said it to my dad. My dad's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, I want to ask you, uh, John, one more quick question before we move on to dad for a minute. Um, I know I know how big of a supporter and an athlete and everything you are with the Special Olympics, right? Yes. Yeah. So I know your brothers played sports. Uh, and you've talked about them uh, uh, quite a bit during this. Did they inspire you to get into that? Uh, yeah, the, my brother inspired me, Dad, because I, um, and my and my brother went. Uh, my brother played football, and I, I want to play sports. And um, I started uh, two thousand one when I five years old. Right, but you wanted to be like them. You'd say that a lot, right? Right. I, I just try to be my brother. <laughs> yeah, and you played in the Special Olympics. You played soccer, basketball, floor hockey, track, bowling, and snowshoe, right? Yes. So, have you ever uh, have you medaled in the in the Olympics? Is that how that works? Uh, yeah, I, 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 right now I have I, I have thousand medals. Well, I don't know about a thousand, but <laughs> he's got a lot of medals. The way uh, the way they do it, Special Olympics is real competition, um, but every race. They have medals. Yeah. So every race, you get a gold, silver, bronze medal, and then there are ribbons for the others. So there's real competition. You know, you don't all get the same thing, but if there are five heats 
for the 100 meter than their five sets of medals. Yeah. Uh, but John has competed in local events, and you've gone to the state games. Yeah. Quite a number of years now for snowshoe, but you went one year for soccer, one year for basketball, twice for track. Um, yeah. Plus, you're on the Athletes Congress. Right? Yeah. Unbelievable. And, and the biggest thing you do. Oh, yeah. What's that? The polar plunge. <laughs> He's been doing that for, I think, six years now. Amazing. Yeah. Fabrizio, our mailbag has been blowing up lately with questions about the launch cast and our beautiful studios here and how we produce this whole thing. What do you think? You think it's time that we give them the secret? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Hit me with some dreamy stuff. Good, good. Guys, it's time to tell you that the LaunchCast, your favorite podcast on the planet, is now produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. What is Launchpad 516 Studios, you ask? Well, I'm going to tell you. It is our brand new podcast production company operating right here at Launchpad 516. Who am I talking to right now? I am talking to people with an existing podcast. I am talking to people with an idea for a podcast. I am talking to anybody that has an important message to get out there and they want to do it on the biggest platform on the planet, podcasting. Guys, hit me up with all of your questions. I'm going to fill you in a little bit right now on how we do this. So podcast production from us means we are doing everything from the admin side of producing your show to filming, recording, and editing to post-production to monetization of your show. Ah, Fabrizio, they like that. Monetization. That means you get to make money on your hobby and turn this into a potential career. We are bringing on a ton of shows under the Launchpad 516 Studios banner, and I am so excited to get this thing started. Contact me at Launchpad CEO on Instagram, Facebook, or hit us up on the email, media at launchpad516.com. You are not going to want to miss this opportunity, guys. This is going to be big. Amazing. I want to I ask Dad a couple of questions, and then we'll move on to, to John's Crazy Socks and then... Uh, the other stuff, the big three, and all that, and wrap it up. So, uh, Dad, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and uh, not get emotional here because I see um, the interaction. I've watched the videos and and I've spoken to you a bunch of times and uh, see the interaction uh, with John, and it uh, it moves me a lot. You know, as a as a dad, I have a, a daughter and a son. I have another kid coming in August. Um, Congratulations! Thank you, thank you, and so. Uh, you know, it makes me emotional to see that. I want to ask you first, like the obvious question here is, um, I'm not even talking about from a business perspective right now, but just how proud are you right now? Well, I like to use the word I admire him. Yeah. Um, and I do, because this is a guy who's always learning, who's always doing, um, and he's... He's learned some of the secrets, I think, that some people never learn in a lifetime. You want to be happy, do for others, and have gratitude. Um, and John's got that. How, what can we do for others? How can we take care of others? And just appreciate what you have. So you know, one of the wonderful things about John is it doesn't matter what you throw at him. He'll just roll with it. There we go. 
Um, but I say admire because um, I'm just wary that if I say I'm proud that somehow that means I had something to do with it. But this is John. John has carved his path, right? But in the end, I'm a proud dad, right? I'm a lucky man. I'm a lucky man to get to work with my son and, and get to see what he does. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Right? I know I never presided. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Uh, you're killing me, John. Come on, man. You're killing me small. You're, you're killing, killing me small. <laughs> Great sandlot reference. Uh so so dad, so now uh Mark, we um you know, uh, I'm going through this right now where it's the the time where uh I haven't gone through this in 10 years with a new kid, but you know, the doctor's appointments and everything and, and all the, the scary stuff that you find out every single month when you go to the doctor. And so, you know, you think back, um, to, to when John was born and, and John was, you know, not only born with a disability, but a few health stuff, uh, health things that were going on early. And I know as a father, right. It's onward now. It's it's how can we make life better for our children? Um, you know, it's it's what's the next step right now, right? We look onward for love and progress and everything. Um, and so, my question for you is, what were your goals for John in life? You know, after you discovered that he had Down syndrome and and um, I don't I don't want to say specific. Yeah, I goals. understand. It was, yeah. you know, there's some adjustment. You know, first we did not know he was going to be born with Down syndrome. Um, I, I look back on it, you know, a little curious. Uh, so my wife and I were 37 when, uh, when she had John and her OB had recommended that she get tested for, uh, to see if her child would have the, would have Down syndrome. And in those days, the only test was an amniocentesis, right. which was painful, risky, expensive, and not a very accurate. And she told the doctor, no, um, I, I don't want it. And he said, well, I'd like to talk to your husband. And, and I'd kind of like to have been in the room to see what happened after that response. <laughs> I'm surprised he, he, he didn't come out, you know, through the wall or something. <laughs> um, but I'm a little surprised at myself because we did talk about it. And we both said it didn't matter. And, and I never choose ignorance. So we didn't know. And, and there was one thing that happened that day. We found out, and that was okay. Um, my my mother-in-law, who, who had worked at a place called YAI and had worked with people with Down syndrome, she came in and, and was sitting there, and I know she meant it to be comforting, but, but she said, you know, there are a lot of things that, that these kids can grow up to do. Like maybe he'd get a job pushing a broom someplace. Mm. And I went. Um, because, you know, think about it with your kids, George. Mm -hmm. When they're born, everything is possible. It may be irrational, right? But on that day, they could be the center fielder for the New York Yankees. Mm -hmm. um, and to be told and to, to think as, as, as we did, that no, there are a lot of things he can't be. It was somewhat devastating. Um, in those early days, the only thing we could do was focus on his health. Um, he spent his first three weeks in a NICU, 
I was there virtually around the clock. I'm reading poems. I'm singing songs to him. Uh, you know, I remember we got him baptized uh, before he went in for his first surgery. Yep, yep. Because we didn't know if he was going to make it. Right. Just me and a priest. Um, but to see how he's developed and to learn, you just keep pushing and supporting. Um, John tells me things he wants to do, and I never say no anymore. You know, no matter how crazy he is. You know better right? now. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and, and we get asked a lot, well, when he was born, did you imagine he was going to be doing this? When he was born, I had no idea I was going to be doing this. Yeah. Um, or, you know, his eldest brother, Patrick, who does, he's, he runs, he's the uh, director of IT for a nonprofit training program. But at, at night, he, he steps into one of the remaining phone booths in Manhattan or Brooklyn where he lives, like, like Superman. He goes in like Clark Kent and he comes out as an improv actor. Um, he does improv. Well, when he was born, I didn't hold him and say, I hope he grows up to do improv. You right. know? It's all such a wild adventure. Yeah. Um, and we're just fortunate to be there for the ride and to appreciate um, appreciate the way they find their way forward. Yeah. And that's that's what was important for me in, in speaking to you guys. I've watched in preparation for this not only – did my research with information online, but I've watched interviews because I wanted to see what the dynamic was. And, you know, on this show, we, we tend to not do that same interview that others will do. We want to get to the core of leadership. And so in speaking to you guys, I want to speak to John as the leader. And although I know that you've had success in, in businesses and in life before this, I don't so much care about that in this interview. I want, I want, for other young men and women like John to see the success that they can have if they were in John's shoes, right? And then I want the parents. I want the. Well, I sometimes think John has created hell for some people <laughs> because I imagine, you know, and, and it's particularly now hard with the pandemic, but, you know, like last year I was thinking about this. So some kid graduating college and he's home, not sure what he wants to do. And he's kind of home on the couch, and the parents are wringing their hands, and they're saying, what are you going to do? And then they look and say, look at this kid. He's got a million-dollar business. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know <laughs> what, though? Thing. <laughs> it's, not, it's not chaos, though. It's, it's a baseline, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a case study to show others what's, what's possible. And at the same time, I wanted to. I wanted you to represent the parents out there, not not just the businessman. Um, that there is hope. There is with with love and 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 with embracing situations and with uh, you know empowering your children. That man, can we do some some great things? You know, uh, and and that's what I knew that you would represent on on this show today. Um, you know, for. Uh, the one thing that, that's so cool, and, and this is the dream, right, for, for the dad. It's like I, I own a couple of businesses, and um, with with my kids, you know, the dream is that, like, hey, you know, there's something carved out here, and I want you guys to do whatever you want to do. 
but there's a place here for you always, right? And and that's not about not trusting them. It's for me, it's like it would be a dream come true to work alongside my kids every day. So it's so cool to watch you guys. I want to ask you that. How is it to spend every day working with this dude here? Well, um, let me put that in some perspective. So I have three sons. Um, in fact, some of our stage pattern joke is, you know, John comes to me and says, I want to go into business. And I say, oh, I have three sons, and this is one I could work with. Um, <laughs> in fact, my middle son worked here for a while and decided, you know, maybe I don't want to work in the family business, that I need my own space. And it, you know, depends on the relationship. Now, I love my middle son. Um, so it has to be the right combination. Yeah. Uh, you know, with the two of us, you know, part of it is we, we both know we need each other. Um, I couldn't do this without John. And, and we're both focused on the mission and on the purpose. And I think when you do that, when you have a mission and a purpose that's larger than yourself, the petty stuff falls away. You don't care about it. You only care about where are we going. Um, but John is very easy to work with, right? Pretty good. Um, but yeah, you want your kids to know. You want them to know what they do. What they do matters. Yeah. Um, you know, one person that we've spoken about a lot in our family growing up. You know, I would always talk about with my kids was Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. And, and not the, not the kind of, I don't know, the the safe version, but you know, Rosa Parks was forty four years old. Uh, she had already been active, and she was just fed up. She was scared, but she was just fed up with how blacks were treated. Yeah, um, and she sat on that bus. She knew what she was doing. It wasn't that she was an old woman tired that day. Oh, she was tired, but she was tired of it all. And she sat on that bus, and she changed history. I took my two older boys once to the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis that's uh, located at the Lorraine Motel, Mm -hmm. which is where Martin Luther King uh, was killed. Martin Luther King was shot. And they have a mock-up of that bus. And I had them sit in her seat so they would understand. They would understand both the possibilities and, in a sense, the obligation to act, to do. Um, And I'm watching them find an airway in the world. You know, they don't get recognized the way John does. But it's pretty wonderful watching the things they do, too. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And as a, as a dad, I completely understand where you're coming from. Uh, I've talked about this on the show uh, quite a few times, but you know, I've had a journey. Um, you know, I, r- right now this is my second marriage. I, I my uh, I was divorced close to ten years ago now, uh, when my kids were very little, and I was very successful at what I did for a living prior to that. But uh, 
something had to change. And so whatever that intervention was that, that, that caused a series of events that happened, um, you know, I, I learned a lot of lessons over the years. And as I raised my kids and realized that the success that I have in life now, doing it the right way, um, focusing on what matters, focusing on what makes me happy, what makes us happy as a family, uh, what helps others is so important. And so sharing those lessons with my kids is one of the most important things to me. I talk yeah, about my failures. I talk about that's right. mistakes. It's, let them see the struggles. Let them see the choices. Um, and, and how you have to align your life with what matters. Yeah. You wind up in trouble when you, when so, this matters, but you're going in a different direction. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and they're not too young. Um, I remember, you know, our particular position, and uh, this would have been on the uh, eve of the U.S. invasion of Iraq, um, the second time. Mm -hmm. And uh, you may remember, you know, this was not many months after two after September 11th. Yep. And the country was all gung-ho. Um, but I was looking at this saying, geez, we're going after the wrong place. It's not about a military victory. It's about what's going to happen afterwards. This is going to be a quagmire. This is going to be bad. Yeah. And uh, we went down to Washington, D.C. for a, a protest, a rally on the mall. And we brought the kids. They were little. We brought the kids, and it was a bitterly cold January day. It was below 10 degrees. And we're standing out there. I remember looking at the White House thinking, you know, I, I knew enough. This was already decided. They, they, it didn't matter how many people were standing out there in the cold, but you had to do it anyway. Yeah. And my kids had to see that. They had to see that this mattered, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, oh, you have to believe this particular thing. But they needed to see how you act and what you do. Um, because we can preach all we want. But, you know, they see what we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and part of that is also, you can never use your kids as an excuse. You know, I would leave this job except I have kids. You know, I would do this except I have kids. Yeah. Well, what's that said? Um, but this parenting thing, right? You you know it. Yeah. It's incredibly humbling. Yeah. There's so much we want to do for our kids. And in the end, you know, they got to find their own way. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And find, find his way he did, young John, right? <laughs> well, he has, right? Yeah. You He's the trail, right, buddy? Yeah, I do. Right? Yeah, you do. Having fun? Yes. So let me let me talk uh, for a minute about, let's talk about the business for a minute, and then we're going to jump into the big three. And so we okay. talked about, um, you know, the timeline and the series of events after, after John wrapped up school. Uh, he had this... Uh, you know, this eureka moment, as you stated it, we call it on this show, we call it a spark moment. It's that pivotal moment of your life where you know when you look back at this moment, this is something that led you down a path, whether it's good or bad. Uh, yep. For you, obviously good, right, John? Um, yeah. 
And so uh, uh, John's crazy socks, right? So John, can you tell me, tell us a little bit about what John's crazy socks is? Um, John's crazy socks is, um, I tell you, why socks? Uh, why socks is fun. It's colorful. Uh, I love the creative and I always let me be me. I want to have a. Out of my entire life. What's our mission at John's Crazy Socks? Um, spread happiness. Is that what we do? Yes, we just get started because it's fun. <laughs> so, which do you think we do more of? Well, what's what comes first, spreading happiness or selling socks? One of the point is spread happiness. Right. That's uh, yeah. I I I, I tell you what about that. Spread happiness. This is one of our goal because uh, 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 because uh, I have to make people. Uh, I ha you have to stay in mission. You have to you have to stay in mission, and I uh, keep smiling every time mm -hmm. and make people happy. And, and I I don't want I don't want to make this perfect. And and, and I. I I make sure go away and and uh, um, I make customers happy. It's the in, in the end, you know, what's John's crazy socks, right? We're we're the social enterprise that's spreading happiness. We sell socks, right? But the socks are just the physical manifestation of the mission. They're the physical manifestation of of the spreading happiness and showing what people can do and connecting with people. Yeah. Yeah. And John's crazy socks is built on four pillars, inspiration and hope, give back products you can love and make it personal. Right. Yep. I love that. I love that. I love the social enterprise. I love that you're providing jobs for people with different abilities. I love that you're giving back. Um, I'd love to do something here. Uh, we, we can talk right after we wrap up here. I'd love if we can do something where, uh, I know you guys, uh, give back. What is it? 5%, uh, well, to charity? We, we do in a lot of ways. We start with 5% going to the special Olympics. 5% of what we earn goes to the special Olympics, but we have a whole series of products that raise money for charity partners. Um, so the first one was what? What was our first awareness socks? Uh, Down syndrome awareness. Down syndrome awareness socks, which John designed. Um, and they celebrate people with Down syndrome. They they let us share and 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 recognize them as well as they raise money. Uh, in that case, for the National Down Syndrome Society and John's All Preschool, yep. the Association for Children with Down Syndrome. Uh, we just introduced. Um, a month ago, a little over a month ago, um, healthcare superhero socks. Yep. And what could we do during a pandemic? Well, one of the things we could do is we could recognize the people, the the frontline healthcare workers. So we made socks to celebrate them. They raised money for uh, relief funds for COVID nineteen healthcare workers. Um, half of the money goes to Good Samaritan Hospital, and half of the money goes to. Um, the American Nurses Association. So there's lots of different ways of giving back, right? We have a, a $5,000 Autism Can Do scholarship 
that we're in the midst of making the selections on right now. Um, it's all premised on the notion that it's not enough to just sell stuff, that you got to give back. Yeah. Got to connect. And, and that's, it's not, it's not what I used to call, and this is a little unfair, the Jane Fonda syndrome. You can't wait until you get rich and famous and then decide to develop a conscience. You know, yeah. it, it's got to be baked into everything you do. Part of your DNA, right? Yeah. 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 I love that. And that is, guys, check that out at johnscrazysocks.com. We'll put a link in the show notes. And if uh, if they're running any kind of special or something, we'll also link that into into the show notes as well. Uh, John, you ready for the big three? Yeah. Here we go. It's the big three. The big three is your top three. John, I'm going to give you a couple of topics. I'm going to give you a few topics. And you're going to give me your top three for each one. Ready? Okay, ready. First one. First one's a good one. Give me your top three favorite things about working with your dad. I love, uh, one, I love working with my dad because he's my roommate and he's my partner, my, uh, um, uh, he's my roommate, my partner, my, and my buddy. Well, what are three different things? If there are three things that you like about working with me, I, I three things I like working with my dad. That that I, I love working with my dad. It is so much fun. Um, um, I I I had this been with my dad, and um, and I love um, uh, I I love my dad. Uh, well, what uh, things do you like doing together? In the business, together? yeah. What things do we do? You like doing together? Uh, um, we like to um home to uh, home deliveries. You like doing home deliveries, okay? And like uh, about um uh, uh, podcasts. Uh, you like interviews. doing interviews and things, uh-huh. right? And I like about um. Speaking against me. You like speaking against me. Sorry, Dad. You don't have to be sorry to me. I love it. I love it. I'll take it. Okay. John, next one. This this is a good one. This is a good one because this is fans of John's Crazy Socks or new fans. They're going to love to hear this because hopefully they'll go out and buy these. But what are your three favorite socks that you've made there? (laughs) Yeah, um, my three favorite socks. It's Down Syndrome Superhero Socks. Down Syndrome Superhero. I, I want my design. I love those ones. Um, my second one, I like... Uh, I, 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 it's Saturday. Socks. Go ahead. You can share. Tell them. What ones you wear every Saturday? A poopy mushy socks. Poopy mushy socks. Yes. <laughs> poopy mushy socks. I love it. <laughs> And what other ones do you like? Um, oh, uh, something, uh, uh, a plastic, I, I, I don't wear it at work. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't wear underwear. I don't wear underwear. You wear those. Uh, <laughs> actually, George, I'm surprised he gave you an answer because he never <laughs> likes picking favorites. And he's always wearing different ones. I love it. 
I love it. Okay, John, this is a, this is a little bit of a tough one. Um, can you name three? It doesn't have to be your three favorite. Just three things, three important things that you've accomplished in your life. <laughs> like a, accomplishments in your life, big accomplishments. What achievements do you think? My goal. My goal, like, um, as, as speaking, like. So things that you've already done. Oh, my God. Yeah, things you've already done. Um, uh, Were there awards that you've won or things that you've done that have made you really happy? Yes, um, I, I am so happy um, that oh, I won. Oh, I, I, I like um, that uh, EY. You like the EY Entrepreneur of the Year? Yeah, I like that one. That's a pretty good one. That's yeah. Good one. And um, uh, I like. Oh, I know. Um, when. Um, um, I like that on the on the a a pro a pro commission. What? A really big a a a certificate. Certificate. Uh, oh, the proclamations. You've received oh, yeah. a lot of proclamations from elected officials. Those yeah. are cool. Do you like getting those? I like those. Um. Oh, a subject I like. What? A testifying. You like testifying. Before Congress, yeah, I, I love, I love, I love tie fine because it's it is fun. I want to go down to DC. You like all that uh, because I, I it's fun because that I I stand up I write because I go representing um, down this down this room and uh, and representing my business and and uh, the big thing is to my police and, and my. And doing disability. George, I, I can tell you that uh, um, John, uh, you, you know, you ask about big achievements, and you know he's excited about uh, you know winning a race in the Special Olympics, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the stuff that impresses people, John likes, but. You know, he just takes it as it is. Yeah. I, I, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a couple of examples. We've done some things with EY with Ernst and Young. Yep. And they asked us to speak at a like a townwide meeting they were having last December. About thirty five hundred people in this meeting hall. Yep. And we're waiting to go on. And Carmine DeCibio, who is the the CEO, worldwide CEO for Ernst and Young. Uh, comes in. Now we've met him before. He knows John. He knows us. Um, but you could see. I mean, this is the CEO of a company with two hundred and fifty thousand employees. Yeah. He comes walking in, and you could see everybody is kind of kowtowing to him. And then there's John. Hey, Carmine, how are you? <laughs> He's just another guy. I love um, it. You know, and 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 some of it. It's because of that. It's John has a perspective on things that, in the end, is very human, um, and it's enlightening for the rest of us. I know it. You know, I know I keep learning from it. Um, plus, 
we get opportunities here. We're so fortunate for them, but it creates responsibilities. So, so I'll share an anecdote with you. Yeah. We were, we we're down in D.C. We're testifying that day before the House Small Business Committee on employing people with different abilities. And we get a phone call here in the office from a customer in Houston who says, you know, my mom works on Capitol Hill and I see Mark and John are there. Do you think it would be possible for my mother to meet them? Well, give us the information. We'll get it down to them and they'll see if we can do it. Who is mom? Mom is Nancy Pelosi. Um, So we now have a meeting with Nancy Pelosi. And you know you are meeting with a powerful person. It's just in the whole way everything is set up. And, and we come in, and, you know, what people forget is she's a grandmother. Yeah. She's loving John. She's very sweet. She's bringing out photos of socks that she gave to former President Bush, George H.W. Bush, because John had become sock buddies with the former president and had also given, and in fact, exchanged socks with them. Yeah. So that's all very nice. Um, and who wouldn't like that? It's very special, and we get the photographs. But... Ms. Pelosi, we're here to talk about repealing Section 14C of the Fair Labor Act of 1938 because it allows people with a disability to be paid less than minimum wage. And there are 400,000 people in this country today being paid as little as five cents an hour. And so we're glad we got to meet you and talk about these socks, but we got to talk about changing that law. Yeah. Um, you know, and those are the opportunities we get, but you can see how it then becomes an obligation. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, guys, I want to, I want to thank you for, for this. Um, you know, I, I know this, this got heavy at times. This is something that I, I really wanted to dive in today. Um, because honestly, you know, it's like we talked about before. If somebody finds this interview online, they listen to this podcast, and it can make a difference for them. It could really show them a, a path to, to changing their lives. That's what that's what we're trying to do here. So I want to thank you first of all for your honesty, both of you. Um, you know, uh, so it's so appreciated. <laughs> it's a, we we hear that, and I wonder who are people hanging out with that's dishonest, but. You know, to to a degree, you know, John has no guile. Yeah, and and I'm too old to care. <laughs> this is just us. Yeah. Know? Well, you know, it's 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 when you put a lot of time into uh, creating a platform to help move people. Um, it it can be disappointing when when somebody comes in with an agenda and and is really. Uh, just not being honest about about their journeys, and so you know, an interview like this, it's it's so important to to share something like this, and uh, I, I think it'll help a lot of people. So I want to thank you guys for being here, John. Thank you for not only being here, but for being you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. Can I ask you one favor? Yes. So did you hear my woo in the beginning during my intro? I heard. Can you give me a Can you give me a woo that I can use on social media, like a loud one? I mine is like this. I get right up to the mic and I go, "Woo!" Can you give me one of those? Sure. Go ahead. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, guys. John, Mark, thank you so much for being here. Uh, uh, this was an honor, really was. Well, thank you, and George, if there's something we can do to help you, let us know. Um, you know, here we are. We we are one building away from Farmingdale. 
Awesome. So. <laughs> I'll be give me two seconds to wrap up here and then we'll 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 chat. All right, guys. Okay. Woo! Did I tell you that was a good one? These guys bring the fire. And man, I, I got to tell you that during this interview, I felt all the feels. You know, as a dad speaking to Mark, uh, and just thinking of my kids, man, it was it was so emotional for me to uh, to 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 interview Mark and John, and just to see the relationship between these two guys—a father and a son—and and really shows you what this human spirit can do, right? What a father and a son can do when they get together. Uh, these guys have conquered it. These guys have shown us leadership. And there's more to come this season. There's much more to come. Listen, every week as we come out with new episodes of the LaunchCast, we'll see you next time, guys. Launch sequence terminated. Into the black hole. Into the black hole. The LaunchCast is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios, produced by Fabrizio Fugazi and executive produced by George Andriopoulos. Marketing and PR by Media Convergence. Theme song by Tommy Lungberg. Music and sound effects are licensed through Epidemic Sound. The LaunchCast is hosted with Podbean. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it, guys. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. Follow me, George Andriopoulos, the host at Launchpad CEO on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or follow the show at The Launchcast Show on Facebook and Instagram, or at Launchcast Show on Twitter. Visit our website, thelaunchcast.com, and make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. We'll see you next time, guys.